0: A new world is coming, governed by new and different laws. One day soon, the heavens and the earth will pass away, and a new world will be created. What will existence be like in this new age? Who will inhabit this new world, where the old laws of decay and death will be replaced by the new laws of endless vitality and happiness? Please join us for the world to come.
1: I'm glad when I turn on the news every morning and hear what's going on in Washington and around the world. I'm glad that I believe in the world to come. Uh, The topic today is the world to come. Bible prophecy teaches that a tremendous new world is about to burst upon wandering humanity. So the topic today is the world to come. The opening text is out of the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 5. If you take your Bibles, I'm turning to the New KJV, which is a very popular additional translation of the ancient scriptures. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 5. It says, and have tasted the good word of God. Now, notice these words, my friends, and the powers, what does it say, of the age to come. In the uh, uh, NIV translation, it says, and the powers of the world to come. So the Bible teaches that there is a beginning. This is very important. The Bible teaches the concept and this is a scientific concept. The Bible teaches the concept of a beginning and the Bible teaches the concept of an end, which ush- ushers in the new age, or as it says in other translations, the world to come. I don't know if anybody in the studio here has had to hitchhike. Is anybody mean a hitchhiker? Well, obviously, you had more money going to college than I had. (laughs) Because when I went to Avondale College, I think I was rich in true riches, but I didn't have a lot of money. So when I wanted to get from Avondale College up to my home of Brisbane, I had to get out on the road and I had to hitchhike. Usually, It took a day for me to get home. It was about 550 miles, but I'd be picked up by semi-trailers and sometimes private cars, and I didn't have the money to go by train, so I hitchhiked. But one vacation, I decided to take a friend of mine at the college home so he could get some Australian hospitality. His name was Prasad, Prasad, he became my best friend at college. And he was as black, as black, as black can be. (laughs) I didn't realize what was going on. But when Prasad and I got out on the side of the road going to Brisbane, on the New England Highway, Prasad was standing there beside me. He's a black guy, I'm a white guy. I could get home in a day. But with Brazad, nobody would stop. Which shows there was a little bit of real racism operating in Australia. Something that people would not mention, they would not admit to it. He's a black guy. In fact, he's, he was a black guy who came from India. He was a Christian gentleman. But we took three days and three nights. It was the middle of winter. And neither of us had a, an overcoat or a trench coat, as some people call it. We went up the New England Highway. We got to a place by the name of Gara. <laughs> oh, it was sleeting and raining and snowing. By the time we got there, we hadn't eaten for more than two days. Uh, we, 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 just young guys, we had appetites, but we, we were just hungry. We spent a night in a telephone booth. Uh, you know what a telephone booth is, don't you? Yeah. Uh, you see them on Doctor Who in that British series. <laughs> you know why we spent the night in the telephone booth? Keep the rain and the cold off. It was freezing. Uh, we were wet and we were cold and we were miserable. And on the third day, we're out on the road again, just hoping and praying and a semi-trailer stopped. We got into the cavern of the semi-trailer. It was so, so warm, just so nice. And then we travelled on another 100 miles or so up through Tenterfield and we came to the top of the range As we came down the range, I saw something that was really good. The lights of home. When you're cold and you've spent a night in a telephone booth, it's sure hard to beat the lights of home. (laughs) Because I knew when I got home, I would have a welcome. I knew that Prasad and I would be safe and we would Be sound. I knew that there'd be hot soup and as we call them in Australia, there would be uh, rissoles. We call them patties here in the United States of America. I knew that we would be able to have a hot shower and we would have a warm bed. Listen to me. When you've been traveling and the traveling is not all that good, It's great to know you're going home. And today I'm going to talk to you about going home. I want you to turn in your Bible to John chapter 14 and verses 1 down to 3. Dear hearts and gentle people, John chapter 14 and verses one down to three, Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. Look at the text. He said, you believe in God, believe also in me, in my Father's house. Put that in your mind. In my Father's house, many mansions, lots of rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Uh, Listen to this because I'm gonna tell you stuff today that you won't hear on any other television program. This is a fact. There's a place that is called in the Bible, the Father's house. It's a separate place, it's a different place. And Jesus said, I'm going to go to my father's house. And in my father's house, there's plenty of good room. The Bible teaches, actually, there are three heavens. Now, most folks don't get this, but this is true. There are three heavens. You read about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and verse 2, and verse 4. Dear hearts and gentle people, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, chapter 12, it is, is Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 2. This man says, Paul says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body, or, I do not know, or whether out of the body, I do not know, God knows. Such a one was caught up to where? What does it say in the Bible? Have a look at it. It says, such a one was caught up to the third heaven. And if you come to verse 4, it says how he was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words which it is not lawful for a man to utter. So the Bible teaches there are three heavens. And the Bible says the third heaven is a place which is called paradise, which would be, um, this would be the father's house. So let's talk for a little bit today about these three heavens. The first heaven is the atmosphere around this earth. And that is described in the book of Revelation chapter 19 and verse 17. Please notice it in the Bible. Revelation 19 and verse 17. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun. He cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven. This is not talking about the stars, the atmosphere. Come and gather together for the supper of the great God. So the Bible says that there is a heaven where the birds fly. We call this the atmospheric heaven. The Bible says it's going to be renewed. It needs to be. It is so polluted today by carbon. There are great chimneys that are continually pumping out into the first heaven a vast mass of filth and garbage which is destroying the earth and the earth is now after a long time starting to protest and the earth is running a fever even though it's disputed by some people there is no dispute among scientists and educated people years ago In Thousand Oaks, I was jogging as I often do get outside walking and I was jogging after there had been a tremendous fire. So there were all these ashes, I was running over these ashes and I got a thing in my lungs which is called valley fever. Ever heard of it? It's a terrible thing. It lives here in this part of the world. It's valley fever. It's not a virus, not a germ fungus I've got the remnants still here in my chest when they look at my chest they say hey what have you got no it's okay the remnants of valley fever I had a fever for two weeks but I'd get out of bed I'd take some tablets get my temperature down I'd get outside and I'd walk this thing I wasn't going to let this thing beat me I wasn't going to die in bed but I was burning up The Bible tells us right now, because of the sins of the human race, planet Earth is running a fever. And it's burning up. The Earth is sick. It is a scientific fact, undeniable, that the poles are melting. People say, no, 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 it's it's propaganda, it's false news. No, 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 the poles are melting. Even the seas that act like great sponges to soak up the carbon are running hot. And that's why the hurricanes are getting more deadly. One, two, three, four, five, category. Scientists now are about to name category six because the hurricanes are going to be worse than anything we can imagine. We are chopping down the forests of the mighty Amazon. Those forests are the lungs of the world. We're raping the earth. You know why we're doing it? For money. And the people who deny it are denying it because they know money. I was born in a place in Australia, a state called Queensland, named after the Queen, Queen Victoria. The Queenslanders are cutting down the trees in Queensland twice as fast as they're doing it in Brazil, in the Amazon. You know why? A lust for money. The earth, the seas, the forests and the atmosphere are crying out for vengeance and deliverance. And this will usher in the world to come. So the first heaven, atmosphere. The second heaven, the universe of stars. Notice Psalm 19 verses 1 and 2. The universe, stars. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament of God shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech. And night unto night reveals knowledge. The Bible talks, number one, the atmosphere. Number two the stellar heavens. We are a tiny part of the Milky Way system or this galaxy. Our galaxy contains 200 billion blazing suns. Our galaxy right at the very heart, right at the very heart of our galaxy of 200 billion suns at the very heart is a black hole. And this causes the This great galaxy to move around the center. About thirty thousand light years, thirty or forty thousand light years from the center of our galaxy is planet Earth. It's protected by an arm of the galaxy that saves us from radiation. It's impossible for us to live in any other place in our galaxy. How did it happen? Let me tell you something that virtually nobody knows except the scientists. We are on this planet that has a front seat view of the entire universe. We can look out with an unobstructed view. It almost appears as though somebody wants us to look out an unobstructed view, listen to this. This is, we can't take it in. In the universe, there are at least 200 billion galaxies. I'm not talking about stars, I'm talking about galaxies, 200 billion. But the latest estimate now is that we're wrong, it's really two trillion, at least two trillion galaxies. And each of those galaxies contain about 200 billion blazing suns plus many smaller galaxies, black holes, comets, and planets. Now listen very carefully. I appeal to the atheist, the cynic. Listen. We're not talking religion. Listen. It is now the consensus that the universe had a beginning. For hundreds of years, the scientific world said, no, the universe never had a beginning and therefore they taught the idea of the steady state. Scientists did not, con- to, did not want to concede that our universe had a beginning because of the theological consequences and implications because a beginning means a beginner. Hear what I'm talking about? A A beginning means that there is a beginner. And therefore, somebody said, we can't believe in this. We believe in the steady state that the universe has always been there. Another thing was very embarrassing. This is a scientific truth. This is not religious. The evolutionary theory says that life came from non-life and by itself would take not billions of years, but trillions and trillions and trillions of years. Therefore, they had to have a universe that had no beginning. But now we know that the universe came into being in relatively recent times. I'm not talking about planet Earth. I am talking about the great cosmos. And every scientist in the world, whether he's an atheist or a Christian or whatever, Every scientist believes from the exploration of the universe that the universe came into being 13.8 billion years ago. You say, no, no, but that's just that's just a made up. No, it's not a made up story. They can see it now with the telescopes. They know when the universe was born. It is an established fact. And we can argue over religion, but don't argue over facts. Now, please turn with me to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. My dear friends, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. Probably the greatest statement that has ever been made in the history of the world. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Even Einstein, for many years, did not believe in the beginning. He said, No, it's always been there. No, it hasn't always been there. There was a beginning. And if there was a beginning, there was a beginner. Listen to me. A lot of this stuff, you're never going to hear in a church, not in a million years. Listen to this. The Bible says, the time started, it says, it actually says in the Bible, before time began. There was a time when there was no time. <laughs> we now know, this is a scientific fact that before the beginning of our cosmos, there was no time. So silly to talk about God having a beginning because there was no time. At the very beginning, four forces came into being in the universe. This is a scientific truth. Nothing to do with theology. Nothing to do with churches. There were four forces that were created at the beginning. There's gravity, the strong nuclear force, Uh, the weak nuclear force and electromagnetism, four forces. These forces had not existed before the beginning. Gravity, electromagnetism, the strong nuclear force, the weak nuclear force. Listen to me. If you're an atheist, I want to appeal to you about this. It's no good saying I'm an atheist because I want to be an atheist. That's, That's dishonesty. We need to be intellectually honest. If these forces that were created when time was created in the beginning, 13.78 or so, give or take a bit, billion years ago, if these forces had been out of sync, out of balance, by one quadrillionth of one quadrillionth of one quadrillionth, of one quadrillionth, of one quadrillionth of 1%, we wouldn't be sitting here today. The universe would have exploded. I don't believe it. Well, you don't have to believe it, but it's science. It's the truth. It's the fact. And that is why so many scientists today have come in out of the cold, and they say, hey, if there's a beginning, there's got to be a beginner. Um, I've talked a little bit in some of my lectures about dark energy and dark matter. I just want to talk about it a little more because it's so important. What is it? I haven't got a clue. Does any scientist at present know what it is? No. Will they discover one day? Maybe. But this stuff which is called dark matter and dark energy comprises 99% of the universe. You say, well, it's because we just, uh, we're not available to see it, we don't have telescope. No, 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 that's not the point. It can't be seen. We can't live without it. It can't be seen. But we know it's there because it's got a force. The dark. Energy lives on the surface of the universe and drives the expansion of the universe. You say the expansion of the universe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is a scientific fact. You can't argue about it because it can be seen. The universe is expanding. And this is one reason scientists have come to believe in the beginning because if it's if it's expanding out like this, then it it had a start, you see, had a beginning. And that is why so many today are coming in out of the cold and they're saying, if there's a beginning, then there must be a beginner. Listen to this. Now, this is a new idea for most of us. A few years ago, it dawned upon me as I studied this. The Bible talks about the universe the, third, the second heaven, first is atmosphere, the second, stellar, the stars. And the Bible talks about the Father's house. Now the Father, now put your thinking caps on. The Father existed before time. The Father existed before 13.78 or so billion years and the Father was apart from our creation. That's a fact. The Father is not a part of our creation. He was there, and he made the universe. Now, listen to this. What I'm telling you is not only biblical truth, prophetic truth, it is scientific truth. Listen carefully, concentrate. The Bible says that the earth is going to get so polluted that the earth is going to come into a place where God is going to intervene. Say, no, yes, no, yes. And when God intervenes, he is going to make a new heaven and a new earth. This whole thing that I've shown you on the screen today, this is not speculation. This is not church talk. This is scientific. It is biblical. And he's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. We'll talk about that in our next segment.
0: In the series, This I Believe, Pastor Carter reveals the heart and soul of the Carter Report.
1: I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe in the Ten Commandments. I believe in the true gospel. I believe in the last days. I believe in the America that believes in God. I believe in heaven. I believe in evangelism. This, I believe.
0: The seven DVD series, This I Believe, can be yours with a gift of $75 US or $105 Australian. Please write to us at the address on the screen or visit our website at carterreport.org. Time. It takes only a minute to have eternal life. How can you get saved in a minute? It's simple. First, believe that Jesus was the Son of God. Second, accept his free gift of eternal life, and then you're saved. It's not hard. It doesn't take any time. You can be saved in a minute right now. Pray with me. Lord God, I realize that I am a sinner. My sin has separated me from you. I accept that your son Jesus Christ died for me. I ask Jesus into my heart. If you prayed this prayer, you are saved. The next thing to do is tell someone. Fellowship with other followers of Jesus. Get baptized, read your Bible and pray. Choices, we make them every day, all day. The most important choice you will make in your life is whether to choose eternal life or let it pass you by. If you'd like more information about your new life, call the number and visit our website. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at PO Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at PO Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260 this program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you we thank you for your continued support may god richly bless you